Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. My name is Neil, here with Matthew Statler. And we are rejoining one another. You know, we've been in this season of high tempo work, you know, so our podcasts aren't always <laughs> as up to date as we would like, right? Or as rhythmic as we would like. But, you know, a lot of stuff happens, right? Like work is hard and you get torn in different directions and you know, your counseling tempos increase, your preaching tempos increase, just all these relational dynamics occur, which is kind of the reason we want to talk about a, a particular subject that I think every person, uh, in the workforce or at home faces at one time in their life. Right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Today, man, we just want to kind of talk about burnout. Uh, I think it's a it's a problem. Like I said, man, anybody faces at some point in their life, and there's some there's some real reasons for this. And so, what we want to do is we want to talk about that subject. Um, we want to talk about the causation of that of that reality that many of us are facing, and maybe you're facing right now as you're listening uh, today. Um, and then we want to talk about the evidences that, you know, maybe, or the undertones that you may be at risk uh, to burnout. And then maybe what's the way forward, right? So, and let's talk about the the subject. What what do you, what do you, what's your overall view of burnout? Like, where do you think this comes from? What do you think people really wrestle with when it comes to burnout, Matt? Yeah, you know. This is an area that I think you, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Everybody at some point will struggle with if you're doing any meaningful work. Yeah. Um, you know, parents, moms that stay at home with the kids, um, dads who invest a lot in their job and just in life, um, even hobbies and, sure. and things like that. Um, but, but burnout is essentially you've been running the engine hot for way too long and something starts breaking, um, whether it just be a lack of energy, a lack of interest. Um, you know, for me, when my temper becomes shorter and shorter, I recognize that that's a warning sign for me that there's something going on. Um, or if I'm surprised at myself when I get angry um, sure. over something that's really minuscule um, or I shouldn't be. Those are all warning signs to me that the engine has been running hot. The dashboard is beginning to light up uh, <laughs> yeah. with check engine. Something's not right here. Um, and, and I think there's a subtle coming up into a burnout. And I think there's like a flaming out, right? The engine yeah. just catches fire and, and goes. And I think Neil and I's goal is one, to take an assessment of where we are and where you are. Um, and find out maybe you are in the aftermath of a burnout. Maybe you're in a burnout. Maybe you are approaching burnout. Um, and, and maybe you're doing great and you just want to make sure that you're checking the oil, you're changing, you know, changing the uh, the, the fluids that you need to do and, and try to prevent it. Um, sometimes I think you should feel some level of burnout because, Neil, is it not true that we live in a in a world of thorns? Yeah. Um, you know, it takes my mind right to the fall, right? In Genesis chapter three, you know, God, as a part, the consequences of sin, this is one of the things that God says to Adam, 
Cursed is the ground because of you, and in your pain you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat on your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because it uh, from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you will return. Right, so right there, out, out the gate, sins entered the world. One of the consequences of sin is... Hey, now there's thorns and thistles by the sweat of your brow. You will need to eat, <laughs> you know, right. and, and, and that's, that's pressure, right? It's not as it should be, but this is a reality of the sin and the effects of sin in humanity and on the world, right? Like, and, think of, and Neil, think of to a, be, to be clear, work was assigned by God. Adam was given a job pre-fall so work was pre-fall right however the increased difficulty is post-fall so correct so work is a good thing it's just going to be hard yeah and you know if you notice in in those consequences god really paints a picture of how sin affects two areas how it affects humanity and how it affects the world as a whole and so you know now there's thorns and thistles right it's your sin has impacted the world itself and by the sweat of your brow you will eat you know so in in pain you will you will get your food right so that's an effect upon humanity because of the sin in our hearts so the causation of this difficulty that you may be facing and i know that matt and i have both faced in our in our lives is sin and so you know out the gate like let me just say it say it here and give you the Sunday school answer, right? The solution to sin is Christ, period, the end. Now, how we navigate that can be a little more complex, right? But you need to out assess where your eyes are fixated. Are they fixated at the ultimate solution or are they fixated at all these little tertiary things, right? Like I hear all the time, you just got to do self-care and you just got to do, you know what I mean? Like, oh, as if we can deal with sin, we can't. <laughs> it is the Lord by his power through the work of the Holy Spirit, according to the plan of the father, that sin is resolved. It is removed one day uh, and will be removed one day totally. And he will make all things new. And that includes a new heavens and a new earth, right? So um, the the impact of sin upon the earth, the Lord will deal with that. The impact of sin in our hearts, the Lord will deal with that. So we need to we need to have that kind of presupposition as we go into this, uh, you know, uh, explanation of this subject, right? I would also I like to call uh, self care selfish care. Yeah, because the <laughs> the focus is the focus is always on self and self care. Yeah. Um, and, and what Neil and I are not saying is not that you don't care for self. Um, Correct. And so I think as we enter into, so we've addressed sort of what it is. Now we're entering into um, maybe some hindrances to coming out of a burnout or preventing a burnout. Um, things that we do that make it worse. Um so, yeah, in our bodies, we groan because of the effects of sin, um, and we are crying out. We're trying to deal with sin. You know, all that is 
is is necessary and important but there's a level here where on a practical side we're struggling with something yeah yeah so you know just kind of gauge what we're what we're going to try and do is maybe give you some uh, uh, ways to assess your current situation so you can see am i in a season of burnout right now um am i on the back end or am i in a really good spot and if you're in a really good spot Hey friends, it's called preventative maintenance, right? So like we change the oil on a car, we change the brake pads, we do all these things so that we don't have bigger problems down the road, right? Even though they could happen and your car could just explode one day because it's got a lot of miles, we still want to do preventative maintenance. So this is, this is for you as well. Excuse me. Uh, so let's talk about uh, what what are some evidences of burnout that people may be, you know, facing right now or dealing with right now? So I know for me uh, and a lot of people that I deal with, I like to start with love. Yeah. Um, and so I want to assess my love of others, my love of the task that I've been assigned. Um one area that's pretty helpful is first Corinthians 13 says love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag is not puffed up. It does not act unbecomingly does not seek its own is not provoked does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes, all things endures all things. And as I read through that, and put my name in there and say, Matt is patient. Matt is kind. Matt is not jealous. And if I start to notice, I can't say that about myself. Maybe it's my patience. So kind of I alluded to earlier, I, I know that if I be, start becoming impatient, that could be a sign that I am heading to burnout. I might be in a season of, of just immense stress um, external or internal. Yeah. Uh, another area for me, Neil, um, is approaching work. And there may be a time where I'm just like, I don't want to be at work. I don't, I dread waking up. That was a big thing in the army uh, near the end of my time is I didn't want to get up and go to, go to PT. I didn't want to get up and go to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, it could be that I have lost my first love uh, in, in many ways. Yeah, I love that you went there because that's where my brain went first and foremost when you said, you know, I assess my love, right? Revelation 2, when Jesus brings his commendation and his charge against the church in Ephesus, here's what he says. I, I think this is really helpful. He says, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot bear with those who are evil and you put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have persevered and have endured for my namesake. You have also and you also have not grown weary. So in that that work of sound doctrine and testing teachers right the church in ephesus has done a good job they fought some battles over this i mean you can go back to first timothy <laughs> you can see how paul yeah. sends timothy hey everything's awry in the church of ephesus you need to test leaders you need to uh 
promote and preach sound doctrine. You need to get back to the gospel, right? All these things. Before that, in Ephesians, in his first letter, uh, he tells them he he they're known by for their faith and their love for one another. So here in Revelation two, they're commended for their faith, but then he says he has this against them that they have left their first love. So uh, what does that tell us? You know, in context, their their love has been impacted by their battle weary rhythms, right? So they fought yeah. some battles. And now they're really struggling to love people. And and ultimately, that comes back to a reflection of their love for their God, right? We love because he has first loved us. Love is an action that we place upon others. So one area, like Matt said, you can assess is how are you loving the people around you? Um, I, I notice, like personally, I get real, I'll get harsh, man. Like my kids, like, you know, like you said, impatient, right? So in my impatience, my, my tongue becomes a harsh, you know, uh, blunt object, right? I will, I'll, I'll, I'll maim with my tongue real easily. And that goes back to what's going on in my life. Because the way out of burnout isn't just a change in circumstance. It's a thing going on in your heart that you need to figure out. So it starts with your your love, right? And assessing that area. And then, you know, you you alluded to it with dread, right? But that kind of can go, go a little bit deeper biblically with the idea of fear. I am afraid of the uncertainty of when I get to work and what the problems will be. So... Yeah. You want to tease that out a little more? Yeah. So I would say with every victory, there's the threat of defeat on the other end, right? So most military guys know after a battle, there's an adrenaline dump in the battle. And then afterward, you everybody takes a nap, right? Yeah. We're all just pooped out. Um, and that's when the counterattack is most likely to happen because yeah. they want to hit our weakness. And uh, so Satan... In the lull. So Satan does that. Um, but I think illustration wise, Ezekiel, um, I don't know why I said Ezekiel. Um, yeah, Ezekiel, the prophet that got tired. Oh, no, see, that's Elijah. Elijah, man, see, I, I, <laughs> I, I was, I was like, off. Huh? <laughs> I, I, pre I preached this morning, so that's why my brain is tired. I'm in my lull right now. Ezekiel um, had to had to make some poop bread. Maybe yeah, that's what he you're was thinking about. That was a that was also a wild story. Um, <laughs> but Elijah, that Elijah, um, we see has this great victory against the prophets of Baal, and he runs into the desert after a long journey. He has like all these miraculous things happen. God gave him supernatural strength, and he's basically mopes. He runs off to the desert and begins to mope because he's afraid of um, Jezebel. He's afraid of um, being the only one. He's alone. He feels lonely. Um, all this stuff after such a great victory. And so to tease that dread out, he fears the negative. He fears um, circumstances. He feels fears people more than he fears God. And so he's allowed that fear to control him. And Neil, I found that in 
I am less courageous when I have approached burnout or in and being burnt out or am I feeling burnt out? I am less likely to engage in the battle uh, because I'm scared of the pain of the pain point. And, and you begin, you begin to second guess everything, every conviction, every, you know, (laughs) everything in your life, right? Every decision you make. And, and that just, that fear base, um, continues to grow out of your heart. And, you know, Paul Tripp has this kind of grid to look at this, like your area, you know, two big circle or one small circle inside of a bigger circle. And in that smaller circle is your area of responsibility, right? And then in that larger circle outside of your area of responsibility is your areas of concern, right? So when we are being moved by fear, we end up living in that area of concern and trying to hyper control all these other things because you're afraid of the uncertainty of how those things will go out and and to go under the surface on that you know to paint the connection between elijah and maybe you friend is that you do not trust god in the areas that you are concerned about yeah and it is leading you to run in the engine uh red line and hot right (laughs) because you were never meant to that's not your it's not your responsibility (laughs) so you've gone outside of out of your lateral limits that the Lord has given you. Which I think really points us to a very helpful um, benefit of burnout, which is to take an assessment. Am I doing the things that I'm doing out of self or out of Christ? And and I think 2 Corinthians 4, um, we have this double use of do not lose heart by Paul. Yeah, Paul has gone through some hard stuff. He's talking to a church that nobody wants to pastor. I mean, he tried to get Apollos to go. Apollos was not willing to come to Corinth. You know, when when you have the good pastors not wanting to come to help your church, you know something's not right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so Paul is, you know, he's discouraged um, in some sense. He's he's not excited maybe about dealing with them. He says he's perplexed by them. Um, as well, well, he says that's the Galatians, but to the Corinthians, he's he's crushed and perplexed, but not despairing, right? All these things. Um, but one of the things that I think is really interesting is in verse one of chapter four of Second Corinthians, he says, "Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart, but have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness." or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Um, and he he kind of just keeps on going, but verse five says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And I, I find that if I'm busy preaching myself rather than Christ, I should get discouraged. Yeah. If I am trying to do this in my own power, if I'm clinging to my concerns and trying to make my concerns, my responsibilities, um, if I'm expecting the results to be because of my power, not giving the glory to God, not letting God be the one that produces the fruit, but I'm trying to be the fruit producer, um, I should be discouraged. I should be burnt out so that I can refocus and find my first love. 
yeah. that I can have my joy in the Lord, that I can receive the mercy and the mercy that I receive, I get to give rather than trying to give mercy that I've never received, which is why I think the harshness thing is such a, a key indicator on our dashboard. Yeah, I would say um, a quieted heart is a contented heart. Yeah. And when you have a discontented heart, you're, it's, it's a result of preaching you, can, trying to control, manipulate all the outcomes that you you cannot, right? And when you realize you cannot, uh, it leads you to despair. And that's really one of the big evidences of, of burnout is you get into a position of despair or, you know, to use modern language, depression. Like we end up depressed and then to deal with that depression, we can, we can see some more evidences of the burnout in our lives. Right. One of those things we, we, we like to call uh, escapism. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what are some different ways people try to escape their despair or their, their chaotic heart and inst instead of having a quieted heart. Right. Yeah, so I'm gonna go back to an illustration. Um, okay. When I was in in a in a course in the army, um, they would move us around and place us in different positions, um, and and I believe at the time they put me in a platoon sergeant position, and I had a lieutenant uh, who was actually acting as the platoon leader. So this lieutenant spent all his time trying to do my job, and inspecting the guys and making sure the equipment was ready that he failed to do the planning that he was required to do for the actual mission. And so because he was so busy trying to control outcomes that were not his responsibility with the concerns, it led him to really receiving a bad mark in the course. Yeah. Um, and, and many of us had to pull him aside and try to explain it to him, but he was so busy on that. And so I think sometimes in the burnout phase, um, we are trying to control our emotional state through, um, you know, manipulating, candy, yeah, manipulating, manipulating the phys the physical. Right. So one, you know, one way is if you're lingering very long over social media, yeah. um, you're just, you're just scrolling and which just a side note, social media is curated by algorithms to try to get you sucked in so essentially you are putting yourself at the mercy of something else to receive input right so if i'm gonna read a book i typically know what to expect in a book i open up a book and i begin to read you know left to right that's normally how we read and i'm moving through the chapters um, and i can generally know what to expect but with social media you don't know what's going to pop up and it could be half naked ladies. It could be um, something Do that makes you want to shop. Doom and gloom news, right? Doom and, or someone's life is so much happier than yours, yeah, right? Because they've curated this picture and they've hidden the laundry, they've hidden the screaming kids, and they got a snapshot of something that is fun, right? And you are over here hurting, and so all that is all that does is continue to help you wallow uh in in that and so if i'm finding myself scrolling more than i should um or watching just binge watching netflix in order to avoid my duties um 
and even healthy and good things, right? Going for an extra long walk instead of doing work. Um, maybe going shopping for important stuff I need at the at the house instead of coming to work and working on a message, uh, working on my sermon, right? Anything that I can do that might be good that I'm lingering. Um, sleeping, right? Yeah. Sleeping longer, uh, staying in bed, hitting the snooze button for the 20th time, you know, any any number of things. Yeah, um, all these I think are lingering. I think sleep is a big one because when you're in a state of burnout, you don't have rest. Like you're, yeah. it impacts you physiologically. And so, you know, oftentimes people will uh, try and sleep till they feel rested. But the problem is because it starts in the heart, um, they don't ever get enough of that rest. And so what happens is because you're focused on these areas of concern, you begin to neglect what you're actually responsible for, which is a great illustration you gave earlier for your PL. Um, in that, in that neglect, right. He missed, he missed what he was supposed to do. So when we see this in the home, right, we see dads, for instance, uh, they come home from work, they're exhausted or whatever. And on the grounds of getting rest, they, just watch TV or they'll, they'll, you know, uh, go up and sleep in their bed. I know I've been guilty of this for sure. Get on their phones. Uh, some men and women turn to, uh, you know, se uh, sexual immorality to try and, you know, uh, and I don't know if this is with intent, but what happens is we try to manipulate our brains to release dopamine <laughs> so that we feel better in that moment, but then there's always a crash, right? And so you just get stuck in this spin cycle of destruction where you are actually never tending to the areas you were called to tend to. And, you know, you just get lost in that space. Um, so there's bunches of evidence, evidences uh, to assess yourself by, um, that will help you kind of gauge where you're at currently. So let's transition then to, okay, how do we avoid burnout as believers? Or how do we navigate through burnout as a believer? I think first and foremost, uh, we need to invest in love, right? It goes back to the thing that's awry. We need to then make it our investment, so that can be a couple of different things, you know, love in relationships and then love in your vocation, whatever it may be, if it's a stay at home mom or whatever it is, um, there are areas in your work that really you love to do. And what we miss is when we're having to do all these other tertiary things that we don't like, we begin to look at the areas we do like with a different picture or like, I don't get enough of those kind of things. Right. So do you take inventory of the opportunities that when you get to do the things that you actually love to do, do you, does it lead your heart to worship? Right. So um, like for me, like in, in ministry, one of the things that I really love to do is meet and teach people like disciple, ship stuff is what I love to do. 
I love to sit at the table, break bread with people, open up God's word and show them, right? Like I remember early on in ministry, I had a neighbor who uh, was not a believer who started coming to our small group. And I remember the day that he prayed his very first prayer at like 35 years old. And man, that's the stuff that I love, right? He's like, I don't know how to pray. And I'm like, well, this is how we pray. <laughs> and like showing him what that looks like. I love to do that stuff. But I also, part of my job is I have tons of administrative work. I don't really enjoy, I'm good at it, but I don't enjoy it at all. <laughs> I was yeah. telling uh, one of our other pastors the other day, I was like, man, when did I become like administration, man? What happened? You know, this is, I'm always doing this sending emails and timelines and you know, all this crud that I don't really like to do. I want to do more of this other stuff and you can get discontent in that space. Right. And so one of the things that measures that I took was I'm going to stop being discontent with the administrative stuff. That is a responsibility God has given me to tend to it. It doesn't bring joy. I don't love to do it. But it's something God has called me to do specifically. I'm going to try and do it well because it reflects my heart of worship to my king. And then what I noticed is when, I, when I'm on top of those things, I have more opportunity to do the crud that I actually really love doing. <laughs> but when I put it off, then it, then it you know compiles and then I never... Or I, or I have less time getting to do the things I actually love to do. What do you think for you, Matt? Yeah, I think pressing into um, what it is that I'm called to do first and foremost. Um, so, you know, there's some days where I really love to preach and some days where I dread it. Some days where I really love to counsel and some days I dread it. Um, and, and all of that stems from my love of the word. And so for me, I have to say, okay, in order to preach to these people, I need to study deeply. In yeah. order to counsel, I need to study deeply. Uh, and so as long as I, and, and, and in order to admin appropriately, I need to study deeply because I want my administration to flow out of the word as well. Mm. And so um, for me, I have to go back to what is my first love? Well, I love the Lord and I love his word. And, and so if I can press into that, I can do these other things uh, with joy uh, and gladness because I'm filling myself up with what is primary. Yeah. And so, yeah, going back to that, because sometimes, you know, it, it is discouraging or uh, a message may fall flat or a counseling session may not go uh, well uh, or counseling chooses a, a bad path, kind of like parenting, right? <laughs> a child, one of your children, no matter how well you discipline them, they they choose a bad path. And um, I have to find my joy not in the results, but in the process. Yeah. So, yeah, first doing that right loving loving the ministry that the lord has called me to loving the task that god has called me to the job the vocation um you know kind of like the the mom that changes diapers or the dad that changes diapers 
Um, they're not doing it because they love changing diapers. It's, yeah. They love the child. And so um, ministry or vocation involves a lot of changing diapers. Yeah. So let your lens, your lenses be love. Um, yeah. Uh, or else you're going to have a distorted view of your vocation, whatever that may be. The next thing is, you know, we've noticed is uh, when you're in a season of burnout, usually you don't, you don't spend time with your God, right? Yeah. And so what are you meditating on, right? How do you avoid burnout? Well, you need to, you need to make a primary effort to spend time with Jesus daily. Um, you know, I can't remember what the statistics said, but I, I know it was like outstanding. It is astonishing when I saw it was how many people wake up in the morning and the first thing they grab is their phone to look at. And I've been yeah. totally guilty of this. I wake up and I immediately, I was just telling our discipleship groups, guys, I was like, man, I go straight to work emails often. Like instead of going, <laughs> cause I, in my brain, I think if I handle this now, then I have more time with the Lord later, but it already sets the tone and spiritual thermostat of my day. Now it's been framed by work instead of my time with Jesus. And so I actively am in the working at reorientating those things. Right. Um, and you don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. You yeah. may get a mean email. Uh, uh huh. And I've gotten many of those, <laughs> you know, or I'll get one that says like, you guys don't care about me. And, and I'm like, right. what? immediately my heart's defensive. Why? Because I haven't put in grace into my life from right. Christ, from his word. So I can't even read the email in the right spirit, you know? So, you know, so we, it, how do we avoid ministry uh, burnout? We need to linger with our savior. We need to spend time. So find a time, find a place, stay with him, listen to him and his word, be real in your prayers. Like, your supplications should be authentic. Your confession shouldn't be dishonest. Like, um, it's not, it's not something we're trying to perform each day, but it is a legitimate relationship we're investing in. And the way we get our hearts right for the rest of the day has to start with, you know, the Lord every day. And so, you know, you want to avoid this make this primary in your life i've i've noticed there's two directions that i personally have to go with this there are some days where it needs to be a very small morsel that i meditate on so it could be just one verse from a psalm um and i write that 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 verse down and i carry it with me and i meditate and i fill my heart with it um, but then there's other times where I need an extra hour or two to just study a passage. Uh, and and I have to go deep into that passage. I have to read it. I have to pray about it. I have to make observations, almost like I would be writing a sermon, but it's a sermon for my own soul. Yeah. Uh, and, and so if I ever take self-care days, if we want to use that language, my goal in those those days off is to be in the word and to study it deeply and to meditate and linger with the Lord. And so um, when I need that kind of refreshing time, sometimes it's several hours of just deep study of the word. I turn off my phone. I get rid of my information that 
could be distracting and I just focus on the word. So it's, it's hard to know which one I'm going to need because um, sometimes I can, I only need a small morsel that I just meditate on. And then other times it's a, a drawn out long study period. Um, and that, that for me is more restful, more retuning than um, two or three hours worth of Netflix on the couch or yeah. scrolling social media. Yeah. So, cause, cause your, your heart is being formed by the word. Right. So, you know, one way to, you know, assess or tease us out is how are you preaching to your own heart, you know, and are you preparing that sermon each day? Um, that, that'd be a, the way I would, you know, communicate that. So like mom, who's tired, like begin with your savior, get your heart ready so that you have a round in the chamber, you can fire in the moment of need, like you're already writing that sermon for your day. And that, uh, and this may be counterintuitive for a mom, but if you're exhausted, maybe setting an alarm to get up a few minutes early so you can open up the word and read a passage of scripture before the chaos. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I hate to say it that way, but sometimes that's more restful than getting that extra 30 minutes um and so yeah and try to you know well we'll get into that but uh in a in a second when we, we're going to talk about the physical too uh and let your prayers be authentic that's another one like pray for perseverance man yeah. you know many times throughout the new testament we're we're called to you know not grow weary and doing good and then that phrase is said different ways multiple times throughout the new testament um, so man, we grow weary when we don't ask for help in that, like we need to be, you know, offering our supplications, our petitions to the Lord, um, in a manner of which what we're asking of him is within his will, because he wants you to walk in glad obedience and holiness, right? When we are burnt out, we are way less holy because we are, we, we sin in reaction, Right. And yeah. so when we ask God's help, Lord, give me a heart of perseverance. Help me to, you know, um, walk day by day by the lamp that lights my path. Um, man, he, he will do that for you and he will help you. And cause he wants you to glorify him in your holiness as well. And then we, you know, you kind of chipped at this one a little bit ago, but you know, give yourself legitimate Sabbath rhythms. So yeah. set aside a Sabbath and that, you know, like for us, we're in ministry, right? So Sunday can be a difficult time to actually do Sabbath, you know, for us. Cause that's like our, your, the pastor's Monday is actually Sunday. And so, you know, for us, you know, I know I have had to look at my calendar and I do this weekly. I mean, Brittany and I, my wife sit down and we go, okay, what is the day where we are going to rest and renew our spirit intentionally? Um, that doesn't mean just watching some movie or whatever else, but that means like trying to spend that intimate time with the Lord to re-engage, to refresh. We spend that time talking to one another, getting on the same sheet of music, like your Sabbath enables you to get get unified 
with the Lord and with, you know, those who he's entrusted to you, your kids and your bride, right? Um, or your spouse and your children. So, you know, use that time intentionally to sync up. Um, and then let's go into the body now. Um, to avoid burnout, man, we need to we need to spend time exercising, right? Like the outer man impacts the inner man. And so we need to invest and take intending to the body that God has given us and glorifying him with our body. So get a medical checkup. Yeah. Get a medical checkup. You know, what does the doctor say you need to do physically? Um, if you're like, man, my deficiencies, yeah, yeah, my, man, sometimes like my knees are hurting. And I remember going to get a checkup. I was like, man, my knees are hurting. He was like, well, brother, like you're a little overweight. You need to lose some weight. Um, he's like, that may not fix your knees because you were an infantry marine, right? <laughs> but I'm about to say it, you have a nice doctor. My doctor just says you're fat. <laughs> but uh it, it, it eases up the pressure, you know. Uh the the less weight that you carry, it you know, does better on your joints. So, you know, think about that. Like, how do you need to exercise strengthening your body so that you can you can carry whatever you need to carry and do the things that God has called you to do. You know, I think about somebody made a really good analogy. If your majority of your work is mental, then you need to do something hard physically. Yeah. If the majority of your work is physical, then you need to do something hard intellectually. Yes. Um, Reading a difficult book or learning a difficult task, Uh, taking a class, you know, yeah, so so I've I've found that to be very helpful because being a scout uh, in the army, that was physically you know physically that was kind of the main thing. We were very hard physically. So for me, it would have been wise if I was to really study and apply myself mentally. Um, whereas now, because I'm so sedentary, you know, the majority of my job is sitting and studying and working um, intellectually. I need to find time to physically do hard things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I got a great example. A friend of mine, he's a, he's a cop and uh, he's like a super cop, you know? <laughs> and uh, man, he's, he, you know, he's out there on the streets, you know, hammering it. And he was like, man, I just, you know, he, he called me up. He was like, I feel like I need to do prepare, prepare my mind and my heart more and what he's doing he spends every day he starts with god's word so on and so forth so faithfully so he started doing the simian trust uh packages they have he did a hermeneutics class an old testament class and i was like 19 bucks but what what he found was like he was exercising his brain in a in a way that helped prepare his heart and helped him to delight even more in the god of the bible and so you know assess your life where do you need do you need to engage mentally or do you need to engage physically based on whatever your vocation is for matt and i we got to (laughs) exercise but for you you need it you need to exercise your brain because this plays into this next piece of getting adequate sleep right we need rest god created us with the intention to have us rest we need literal sleep and so if your hours are like two hours a night, man, that's not adequate. That's not, you cannot function over the long term 
with that kind of sleep. So like what we were talking about earlier, just to close the loop about the stay at home mom who maybe gets up a little bit earlier so that she can be in the word. Maybe her game plan is for her and her husband to talk about how to get their kids to bed a little bit earlier so that she can get up and do those things, you know, and you know, melatonin is a great thing. (laughs) Drug your kids. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, man, invest in your sleep rhythms. What does your sleep hygiene look like? How can you make it more impactful? Uh, If you are like me and what you do is primarily intellectual, then man, exercise is going to help my body be more tired so that when I hit the bed, I want my brain to shut off. That's the biggest thing that messes with my sleep uh, personally is I can't turn my mind off. And so I have to do things physically in order to uh, rest more intentionally. And, and then uh, uh, the next one would be accountability, find brothers and sisters to walk with and to carry your burdens. People are going to check in on your heart. What is the, how, how does having uh soul level connections benefit us in this area, Matt? You know, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I was a Psalm that I was meditating on and this subject came up. Uh, in fact, I ended up preaching the same Psalm and I got to pull it up here so that I, I'm guessing Psalm 16. No, I did. I did preach that one. Yes, Psalm 16. That was the passage. And that was the psalm. Uh, And then it says, um, nailed it. In verse three, it says, as for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. Uh, David loves to be with those who love his his Lord, his God. Uh, And and that's so true of us. We want to use the means of grace that the Lord has given us, right? Which is is church ultimately, but also within church, there's the fellowship aspect of just spending time with other like-minded brothers. And I, mean, I experience this with Neil so often that I could be having a, a lousy day, a lousy week, but him and I get on uh, Zoom and we talk about something from scripture. We talk about something of the Lord and both of us are just kind of buoyed up together. Um, it's kind of like if you ever take two, um, life preservers and tie them together, it bounces out of the deeps, the depth of the water much faster than if it was by itself. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, tie your, tie yourself to a brother, uh, tie yourself to another believer who loves the Lord, like you love him. Uh, and you'll find just such a, an encouragement there. And so I, I just find, the means of grace so necessary. Go to church if you're tired. Yeah. Go to church if you're you're tempted. Go to church if you're you're weary. Um, and 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 you'll find so much relief from a lot of this. Yeah, because sometimes when we're in burnout, because our eyes are on what other people think, we will often neglect those soul level connections and try to isolate ourselves. Um, And again, it goes back to where your eyes are fixated on, right? Well, if I go tell this person I'm having a hard time, how will they see me? Will they like me? Will they think me a burden? 
who gives a crap? You know, <laughs> the Lord calls you to unite with other believers and to and to hold fast to our confession without wavering. We get to do that together, not in isolation. Yeah. Buy uh, that t-shirt, messy hair, don't care. And that's right. <laughs> and show up. That's right. With you know, the la and the last and most ultimate way to avoid burnout or to navigate through it is to reset your gaze on Jesus, right? Yeah. Don't be consumed by well, does this person think I'm failing or does this person think, or does this, do they like me or do, whatever it is, whatever junk we want to listen to the lies of the enemy and the lies of our flesh that we want to invest in our hearts. You know, when our eyes are fixated upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we understand our purpose, even in the difficulty of our circumstance, and we will be able to move forward in a manner which glorifies our God and, and enables us to delight in our relationship with him. And that is the way we move through even a season of burnout. Uh, so that's really, uh, that's, that's what we got for you. <laughs> if you're in burnout and burnout land, you know, there's a way forward and the way forward and through is by Christ. But if you are someone here, who is in a really good season right now, listen to those, um, you know, eight counsels we gave you um, and do some uh, preventative maintenance on your heart, you know, assess where you're at so that when it passes and the next season comes or the next storm you encounter, you will now move through the storm and uh, be able to glorify your God much more effectively. Um, so guys, we thank you for listening to the gospel lifeline podcast until next time, Neil and Matt, we out.